And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. This morning, I want to share uh, something that God's been stirring on my heart. Um, I had kind of behind the scenes, a little look into my life. I've been wrestling through seven different message ideas for today, and I kept coming back to the same one. And, um, and so I'm going to, I'm going to talk from my heart today, just what I feel like the Lord's, um, wanting me to speak about today. And, uh, I'm going to do my best to try to forget that you guys are all out there evaluating me. Um, <laughs> We're just going to jump in it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence here this morning. We're so honored to be able to come and to be able to, to worship you corporately today. God, your word tells us in, in Luke that, Lord, our life is blessed when we not just hear your word, but we obey it. And so, Father, this morning, Lord, we ask that you'd give us ears to hear what it is that you're speaking to us, that, Lord, you would... Allow us to have the courage to be able to respond accordingly. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you got your Bible or smartphone, make your way to Mark chapter 4. And this morning, I want to uh, talk for a little bit about a familiar story in the Bible with the disciples and Jesus when they find themselves in the midst of a horrible storm. And I want to talk to you from the title, What's Revealed in Your Storm? What's Revealed in Your Storm? Let me ask you a question. How many of you like to fish? Anybody in here enjoy fishing? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't enjoy fishing. Um, as a kid, my grandfather told me I was his fishing buddy as long as there was plenty of food in the cooler. But once the cooler ran out of food, I was ready to go. I think it was my ADD kicking in. It was just too slow for me to, to be able to deal with as a kid. But the strangest thing um, for me is that even though I don't enjoy fishing, um, I love watching fishing shows on TV. Uh, have you guys ever seen the show Deadliest Catch? Right? Yeah, I love watching the deadliest catch. Um, and one of the things to me that's really fascinating about that show is just the commitment that those guys have to be on that boat in the Bering Sea uh, fishing for crab with, with uh, they say sometimes up to 40 foot waves and ice cold water and some of the worst ocean the world has to offer. And there's just, there's just something kind of fascinating about watching them in the midst of that storm do what they're there to do. And recently I was watching an episode of it and I just could not help but to see how similar our lives can be as it relates to the seasons and the difficulties and the things that we tend to face in our lives. You know, every single one of us in this room have something in common. We all have something in common, and that is that we all face difficulty in our life. In fact, I heard someone say once that we're, we're all in one of three seasons in our life. We're either on our way into a storm, or we're in the middle of a storm right now, or we're on our way out of a storm. 
And storms, I don't know about you, but in my life, storms just kind of, they kind of have a way of making me feel like I'm losing control of my life. They kind of they have a way of, of when I feel like my life is, is stable and it's kind of moving in a direction to create some, some instability in my life. That, that storms for me, when I'm walking through them, they begin to, to kind of disrupt my, my pace and, and my rhythm of living. And, and one of the things that we see in Scripture is that Jesus makes this, this promise to all of us. And I don't know about you, but I love the promises that are all about the blessing, the promises about what our life can look like. But he, he makes this promise in John chapter 16 um, that I think all of us wish he wouldn't have promised us, right? In John 16, verse 33, Jesus he says this, he says that in this world that you will have trouble. What's up with that? You will have trouble. And when you look at that word trouble in the original language, it's not like, you know, we kind of have a bad headache or a bad toothache, that it's the kind of trouble that describes a situation that we feel like there's no way out. It's like a season, it's like a storm that it just feels like everything's kind of pressing in around us, a, a storm, a difficulty that we go through that it just feels like there's no way out. Have you ever had a situation like that? Have you ever had an event that you've had to kind of maneuver and walk through in your life that felt like that? Like, like there was no way out, that it was just like in, in your life, it just felt like it was wave after wave after wave that, that as soon as you felt like you got your feet and you got kind of stabilized, that it was another wave that begins to hit you and then knock you off and it just, it just kind of disrupts your pace and your rhythm. Well, Jesus knew that we would experience that kind of, of life. He knew that we would experience trouble because he promised that we would. And, and I love how he follows up this promise or guarantee of trouble. He follows it up with this statement. He says, but take heart that I have overcome the world. Now, I don't know about you, I've been in church, I guess, for about 23 years now as a, a follower of Christ. And one thing that I've kind of seen is that, that in church, that's the kind of statement, that's the verse that we can all champion, we can all say, amen, you know, and, and, and we feel good about it here. But when we are kind of navigating our life and the waves start crashing in and the wind's blowing and, and difficulty is happening and we're struggling with our marriage and the finances are tight and, and we got all these relational dilemmas that we're facing in our life that, that oftentimes those eight words in the last part of that verse, they tend to kind of slip our mind. And what we see here in Mark chapter four is we see these disciples that that are finding themselves in one of the worst storms of their lives. And I want us to go through this story, and there's a couple things that I want to share with you from my heart that are observations of what I believe God wants us to see this morning through this story. Take a look at Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35. It says that as evening came, that Jesus said to his disciples... He said, let's cross to the other side of the lake. And so they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. 
But soon a fierce storm came up, and high waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Now, I want to pause right here, and I want to point out two really quick things to help us understand the significance of the story and what's happening. You see, first, if you look back in verse 35 of Mark, we see something that's easy for us to read over in our first reading. But it says this, that Jesus is the one that said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side. And so Mark's kind of helping us see in this verse that it was Jesus's idea that they began to head out into the lake. So hold that thought for just a second. And then in Matthew chapter 8, verse 23, in his account of this story, he says that then he got into the boat, meaning Jesus, and look who he says followed. The disciples followed him. And so right here, we see a couple really important things that I think is important for us to catch as it relates to our relationship with God and how we view his activity in our life. You see, right here, out of the gate, we see that with the disciples, not only were they close to Jesus, right? He's in the boat with them, but they're in Jesus's perfect will for their life. Like they're just following Jesus. Jesus says, go, and they go. But yet, despite that, they still end up experiencing a storm. It kind of makes you, makes you kind of think a little bit about our journey and our relationship with God that that maybe the storms in our life, sometimes they may have something to do with us pulling away from God, but sometimes we go through storms in our life, not because there's a disconnect, but because God is in our boat and we're in his will, but he still allows us to go through some storms in our life. We see here also that, that in verse 37, it talks about the high waves and, and, and the disciples are talking about the water that's coming onto the boat. And I think it's important for us to also notice that, that a lot of these guys are fishermen by trade. These are, these are guys that have, that have been in the boat, they've been on the water, they've been in storms, and now all of a sudden they're experiencing, and we'll see this here in a few verses, they're experiencing the kind of, of storm on the sea that scares them so bad that they have kind of an interesting reaction. You know, I think the disciples in this moment, there's this, this feeling of, of beginning to be overwhelmed that even though they've been in the sea, they've kind of been there, they've, they've done that, they're in the midst of a storm that for them seems super overwhelming. I would think that their overwhelming feeling is like right there next to the overwhelming feeling that I get when I go through a Starbucks drive through I don't know about you, but there's just something so overwhelming about all the adjectives you've got to use in order to just get a cup of coffee. Just this last week, we went to Starbucks and we're, dri we're driving through and Andrea's in the passenger seat. And I made the mistake of asking her what she wanted, right? And I, I don't know who is the primary driver in your relationship, but I'm the primary driver. It's probably more of a control issue than anything. Um, and we'll deal with that later. Um, but uh, I'm usually the one driving. And so what that means is I become the spokesperson for everybody in the car with what they want. And I've got to communicate it to the person on the other side. And so 
Andrea looks at me and I wrote this down because there's just, there's so much here that um, I wanted to make sure I got it right. So I looked at Andrea, I was like, what do you want? And she says, I want a grande iced cold brew with cinnamon almond foam with three pumps of sugar-free cinnamon dolce syrup. And can you please uh, put the syrup in the coffee, not on the foam, and then sprinkle a little bit of cinnamon on top? Now, how in the world she remembers all that stuff, I don't know. But I'm like, okay. And I turn around and I'm like, I'll have a... And then my mind goes blank, like I was so overwhelmed in the moment. And I got flustered. I looked at her. I was like, you're going to have to order it. And so she leans over and she orders it. And then, and then the lady says, do you want anything else? And, and I was just so like overwhelmed and flustered. I was like, no, that's it. That's it. Let's just get through the line. I won't even have a coffee today. And when I do get a coffee at Starbucks, it's always a tall, bold coffee, which that's an old style flavor, but bold coffee with cream and two Splenda. Like, we got to keep it simple, right? But here we got the disciples, and, and they're feeling the same kind of overwhelming feeling I'm feeling. I'm sure of it. Like 2000, I know beyond a shadow of a fact, they're feeling the same feeling I'm feeling at Starbucks. And they're in one of the scariest moments of their life, and I want you to check this out. This is hilarious. I want you to see what Jesus is doing in this moment, the worst storm of their life, we see in verse 38 that Jesus was sleeping. Jesus was sleeping. He's sleeping at the back of the boat. And for whatever reason, Mark feels like he's got to add this detail. Not just is he sleeping on the back of the boat, but his head is on a cushion. Think about that. These guys are in the worst storm of their life. And Jesus is, is in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion some 2,000 years removed, you know, that's pretty funny, but, but put yourself in the, their shoes in that moment that, that there had to be this just kind of, this kind of feeling of, of, of overwhelming. It had to be disheartening that, that here they are facing one of the worst moments in their life. They're, they're afraid that they're going to die. And Jesus is just chilling in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. I want to ask you a question this morning. You ever been in a season in your life? You ever been in a storm, in a situation in your life where it just seemed like God was, was unresponsive? Like, like you pray, you're, you're, you've asked God, God, where, where, where are you in the midst of this? Like, like God, what are you doing? I can't, I can't see how the pieces are coming together. Why, why are you allowing all of this to happen in our life? And, and sometimes we go through seasons in our life where we just, we feel like God is just totally unresponsive. Like, like in our life, in our boat, and the things that we're doing in our life, it just feels like Jesus, too, is in the back sleeping with his head on a cushion, and we struggle to, to make sense. We struggle with it because we look at you know, our human nature is to look at our little check boxes, and, well, God, I'm, I'm praying several times a week, and, and I got my Bible app, and so I read my, my verse for the day every day, and, and I'm going to church, and uh, I'm wearing my mask everywhere that I'm supposed to wear my mask, and, 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 and we check the list, and we're like, but God, nothing seems to be changing in my life. It, feels like you're not listening, like I'm getting no direction of what I'm supposed to do. And, 
hearing the story, if you've ever been there before, that's what, that's what the disciples are feeling in this moment. And look what it says in this last part of verse 38, that, that the disciples, they end up waking Jesus up. They're shouting. And I want you to see what they say. They said, teacher, don't you care? Don't you care? I don't know about you, but I've had some, I've had some storms in my life where it just felt like God was unresponsive. It just, it just felt like, it felt like there was no direction. He wasn't answering. He wasn't active. It just like you keep praying and nothing's really, nothing's really taking place. And, and, and maybe you've been on that side before where, where you're just struggling to make ends meet and it just feels like nothing is changing with your situation. Or maybe, maybe you're walking through, you know, a situation right now in, in your marriage or with your kids or whatever it is. And it's just, you want God to do something, you know that he can do something, but it just feels like he's unresponsive. You know, I think one of the biggest misunderstandings that, that we can often have in our relationship with God is that we, we mistake inaction from God with indifference from God. When we pray and Nothing seems to change and nothing seems to, to be happening any differently. It's like we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel anymore. And, and, and there's just this inaction from God that we, we end up drawing this conclusion that, that God's indifferent. That just like the disciples here, that, that he doesn't care. You know, we see here with the disciples that they're doing the exact same thing that just that Jesus isn't doing anything. He's not responding to them in the midst of their worst storm. He's not fixing the problem. He's not answering prayer. And so, so he must not care. And, and in this story, in this passage of scripture, there's a lot of amazing truths that we can pull out. But I want to focus on one this morning. And I want you to see how Jesus responds so the attitude that the disciples have in the midst of their storm. In verse 39, it says that when, when Jesus woke up, that he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Now, so many times we can kind of dial into that and, and, and we talk about Jesus' ability to, to bring peace into our lives and to fix the situations that we're walking through. And, and all of that stuff is, is, is right. Jesus can do all of that. But I think in looking in this story, in this text, that, that there's also something else that Jesus is very much interested in doing in our lives through the storms that we walk through. In verse 40, it says that then he asked them, Jesus asking the disciples, he said, he said, why are you afraid? Why, why are you afraid? Now, again, think about it. These guys are fishermen. They're experienced. They've been in storms before. Here they are in a boat. They're scared to death. And Jesus is asking them, why are you afraid? 
I don't know, Jesus, maybe because we're about to die, right? Like they just, that just had to be kind of an awkward moment for them in their dialogue with Jesus. Here they are, they're with Jesus, they're in his will, but they're facing one of the worst storms of their life. And look what Jesus said in his response. He says, do you still have no faith? Do you still have faith? No faith. If you got your Bible, circle that word still, because I think this is a key word for us that really jumps off the page to me. It's a five letter word that's easy for us to, to overlook, but what it implies is pretty significant. You see, these disciples had been following Jesus. They'd been with Jesus. They had seen Jesus perform miracles. Their life had been impacted by Jesus. I mean, I mean, think about our journey with God and, and the interaction and all that stuff. And we don't even have Jesus like, like right here, right? And they're with Jesus, walking with Jesus, seeing Jesus perform these amazing miracles. And here they are in the boat with Jesus, in the middle of Jesus' will for their life. And they're facing a storm, and they're scared to death. And they begin to look at Jesus and and the way that he's not reacting, the way that they hoped that, that he would react. And they began to make assumptions about Jesus that he doesn't care. And Mark writes in verse 41, he says that when Jesus, when he calmed the storm, that, that the disciples were absolutely terrified uh yeah could you imagine like that moment like one second you're in the worst storm of your life and 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 waves coming up all over the boat and the boat's filling up with water and you're not sure you're even going to be able to live and then all of a sudden the next second jesus speaks and it's complete calm and peace I mean, if we put ourselves in the boat, that had to be sensory overload for them. I mean, think about it. Like one minute, worst storm of their life. Next second, total peace and calm. And their response, (laughs) their response is, who is this man, right? Who is this guy? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now, here's what I want you to see this morning in this text. The idea, again, there's a lot of truths that are in here. This is the one that I want to land on today that I feel like God's placed in my heart. Is that sometimes God allows us to go through some storms in our life in order to reveal some things that are in our heart. Like we could still be close to Jesus And in his will, and he'll still allow us to walk through storms and difficulties in our lives because he wants to reveal some things that are in our heart. You know, I think one of the things that we, another misconception that we have is we look at, we look at church and we look at, at a relationship with God and all that. And, and we associate that with, well, it'll, it'll help me have a better life. And, 
And, and, and yes, there's a byproduct of following Christ and being in alignment with his will for your life that, that, that does produce a much better life. But, but really what Jesus is all about is he's all about us being on this journey of, watch this, becoming more like him. We're not on a journey to have a better life. We're on a journey of becoming more like him. And when you look in this passage of scripture, there's two rebukes. I don't know if you caught it. There's two rebukes that Jesus rebukes what? The storm, right? And in the moment, instantly, calm and peace. And then he turns to the disciples and he rebukes the disciples for their lack of faith. You see, for Jesus, he wasn't as concerned about the storm because Jesus knew that I, I can take care of that, like, right? Like, I created all things, like, the storm's there, you know, it's, it's part of my creation. I can take care of that. That's no problem. But what Jesus was more interested in was the disciples' inability to trust him in the midst of their storm, despite all the things that they had seen him do and all the things that they had experienced with Jesus. And it kind of makes me think that if, if the disciples are close to Jesus in his will, and Jesus still allows them to go through a storm in their life that kind of shakes and it kind of disrupts their life in order for them to be able to see some of the things in their heart that he, he wants to deal with, that he wants to, to, to change a little bit in their life, that I'm pretty sure that Jesus is going to take us down that same pathway. I'm pretty sure that we can be as close to Jesus as we think is humanly possible. And we could be perfectly in his will. And still that's not going to keep us from experiencing storms in our life. Because God has us on this journey. This journey of, of, of us reflecting his image. And so every single one of us in this room, we've got, we got things in our life, things in our hearts that are not of him. And, and it's just, just this process of God bringing it up to the surface. And us having the courage really to respond and to allow him to begin to, to do the work that he wants to do in our lives. You see, for Jesus, the real test that day had nothing to do with the storm. The real test that day was their reaction to the storm. Like, what was it going to be? Were they going to respond with total faith because of everything they had seen? Or do they respond the way we read in Scripture, that despite all of that stuff that they had seen and experienced, they struggled to have faith and even accused Jesus of not caring. And I think what Jesus wants us to see 2,000 years later in this, in this story is he wants us to see that our, our reaction in the midst of the storms and the difficulties that we face, that our reactions are an indicator of who our lives are anchored to. When we go through difficulty and we face those kind of storms, and I don't know what they are in your life, we all got them. We all got them. 
But when we face those in our lives, if our, if our lives, if our faith is anchored into Jesus and, and who he is and who he says that, that we are, then, then instead of those difficulties and those storms causing us to pull away from God, they cause us to lean into God. That when we find ourselves anchored, instead of us focusing so much on the worry and the anxiety, I mean, I, I don't know if you've done that, but I have the kind of mind that tries to figure everything out, right? I got to know every like kind of pathway. And so it's easy for me through a, a difficult season to try to begin to process all this kind of stuff and the worry and the anxiety that starts to, to kind of build up. But if I'm anchored in Jesus, then I don't, I can take every thought captive, right? as scripture says, and I can choose to find my peace in him, not in the outcome of whatever storm that I'm facing. You know, I want to close with, with this kind of thought. That for me, I've been following Jesus for 23 years. And probably the greatest revelation that God allowed me to have in my journey with him was when I discovered that God isn't in the business of making my life easier. When I accepted Jesus Christ into my heart, he's not, all right, I guarantee you an easy life and, and our relationship is all about making your life easier. No, I had a revelation but it's not about my life being easier, but that God is in the business of making me more like him. Amen. Friend, that is a perspective that will radically change the way that you perceive God in your life. Because when you realize that God's, God's got great plans for you, he desires great things, I can guarantee you because I've walked the journey that there's way more in you that God wants to do than you could possibly realize. But in the end, God's goal isn't that your life is easier or necessarily even better, but it's that you become more of a reflection of him the character and the nature of God becomes the character and the nature of us. And that when we find ourselves in storms, instead of pulling away, we begin to lean in. When we find ourselves facing issues in our marriage and issues with our kids and, and, and the addiction starts creeping its way back in, that, 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 that the character and the nature of God begins to, to take over in our lives and begins to dispel the worry and the anxiety and the fear and the regret and all these things in our life that try to pull us back. I read a story about this women's small group and they were studying Malachi chapter three and they came across this verse that said he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And these women began to just just talk about what this means and they begin to struggle a little bit with how it reflected 
who God is and the impact of their life. And so they had this amazing idea. And they reach out to a silversmith and make an appointment to come and to, to sit in his warehouse and to watch him begin to work on silver and refining the silver. And the silversmith began to talk about the importance of taking that silver and and put it over the fire, but not just over a fire, but in the hottest parts of the fire, in the very center. And that it was in that time of that silver being over the hottest part of the fire that it began to bubble up the impurities. And I couldn't help but to think about how our lives can oftentimes feel like that. Like this morning, you might find yourself in a storm. You feel like it's just the hottest part of the fire. Worst storm that you've ever been in in your life. And the silversmith began to to talk to them about the importance of, of his role in staying locked into the silver on the fire. And the ladies asked him this question, is it true that you've got you've to stay there sitting? And he said, absolutely, like not just sitting, but, but you cannot take your eyes off the silver because you take your eyes off for even a moment and it can ruin the process. And to think that you and I, if we've made a decision to follow Christ and have accepted him into our life, that, that even today, in a season that might feel like we're in the middle of the worst fire of our life, that we've got this promise that Jesus is in the boat with us, that he's not taking his eyes off of us. His promise in scripture is that he'll never leave us nor forsake us, that he's there in the moment when we're in the middle of the fire. And this one woman from the back speaks up in that moment and says, how do you know when the process is over? How do you know when the silver has been refined and all the impurities are out? And the silversmith responded, well, that's simple. I see my face, my reflection in silver. Friend, we all walk through difficulty. We all walk through challenges. Jesus promised that we would all have trouble But I think that we can take this to heart this morning, that even when we find ourselves in the hottest parts of the fire, that Jesus is there, that he's working us through the process and that he's he's allowing us, as Jeremiah says, that he's the potter and and we're the clay, that that he's taking our life and he's molding and he's like, this part right here, I'm gonna gonna carve out, this part I'm gonna kind of bring up to the surface to help them see this attitude or this kind of response and that it is a process that God has on us so that in the end, our life, the way we live, the way we conduct ourselves looks more and more like him. Friend, I think all of our prayer is Jesus, just still the storm, right? Just take it away. But sometimes, sometimes Jesus allows us to go through the storm because he wants us to see some things in our life, some impurities in our life that he wants to pull out 
so that when church, when people see us, they see him. That when we go to work and when we, when we go to the gym and we go to all the places that we go, when we go to those family reunions that we all regret, right? Because it's always the crazy family member. And if you don't have one, it's probably because you're the one. Um, but it's so they see Jesus in us. We have nothing to offer but Jesus alone. And if we will just allow ourselves to lean into the process and allow Jesus to begin to refine our lives, we can truly make an impact and a difference in our world. I love, I'm gonna close with this, Romans 8, 28, and 29. And I love this promise in verse 28 that when we surrender our lives to him and, and we love him and we're living in alignment, that his promise to us is he's gonna work all things out for our good. And so maybe the storm, maybe he answers the prayer and the storm goes away, but maybe he doesn't. The guarantee that you and I have is that in the end, he's gonna take all the good in our life and he's gonna take all the bad in our life and he's gonna work it all for our good in the long run. And his promise to us, and it's really his purpose for us in verse 29, is that as he does that, that our lives become conformed to his image. Would you bow your head with me this morning? Father, we love you so much. And God, I know that there are some people here today that are walking through some of the worst storms of their life. Father, I pray that your precious Holy Spirit would come and reside right next to them in this moment and that you would bring comfort and peace and knowing that God, even though they're walking through a storm in their life. That God, you've never left them nor forsaken them. That God, you're in the process, that your eyes are on them and that your promise to them is that in the end, we may not see it now, but in the end, that God, you will work it all out for their good. Father, today, as we hear your word, Lord, help us to ask the difficult question. Father, what is it in our heart that you want to reveal to us? Father, what's in there that needs to come out so that our lives better reflect you so that you can use us to make a difference in the lives of others? In Jesus' name. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and his church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7. 
We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.